0: Good morning, everyone. Um, Welcome to church. We're really glad to be doing this um, differently. We're glad to be looking at people and imagining that many of you at home right now are um, probably like us, like uh, wishing that we were together. And it seems like forward progress has now become backwards progress, and that's where we are. And yet, um, As we look at today's text, I just feel like the timing of this is really good because God has a gift to give us to his people, and we're going to look at that gift today with one another. So if you have Bibles and you want to follow along, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, reading verses 8 to 11. And by the way, my name is Matthew. I'm the pastor here. Thanks for for being with us. Thanks for watching. This is from the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day, And keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath Sabbath day and consecrated it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the gift today of sitting with your law. Um, I think of David's words where he says, your law is my delight that you have set my feet in a broad land. And that is we enter into the way that you call us to live, we are not limited, but we're expanded. That our experience of life does not shrink, but it grows. And so, Lord, would you give us open hearts to hear from you today, Holy Spirit? Would you help us to to let you lead us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we are getting into the nuts and bolts uh, the next few weeks on um, EHS, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and that's probably a relief for many of you. Uh, I met with my EHS group uh, last night, and it, it's like dealing with enlarging your soul through grief and shame, uh, not gr- grief and, not shame, loss, thank you, and shame, maybe, but but not as like the main ingredient of it. Um, th- this is like a heavy thing coming out of this idea of like, know your family of origin and be prepared for a dark night, and m- many many dark nights perhaps, and so um, that's all a part of emotionally healthy spirituality, and it's an important part of it, for sure, because it's, um, like, those are some of the most fruitful, productive, intense seasons of our life in shaping us into who we are, but, but thanks be to God, like, that's not, that's not the bulk of the work. The bulk of the work is not just in the depths, constantly sorrowful, woeful, wondering if you're going to survive it. That actually the most important thing in determining the sort of people that you and that I are becoming is the sort of chosen, daily, um, quieter work. That's the stuff, that's the, that's the real nuts and bolts of how you and I become emotionally healthy, spiritual people. So that's what we're going to look at, begin today with two things. Uh, Pastor Pete has this chapter, he calls it Daily Office and Sabbath, and I'll just say very briefly about Daily Office. Daily Office is a churchy way of saying daily work, office is an old word for work, that is specifically the daily work that you and I do with God, that is even more specific, the daily work that you and I do with God uh, in prayer and in the Bible, and that's, that's what the daily office is. And we talk about this all the time because we're Anglicans, and this is what Anglicans talk about. In fact, it's part of our origin story. When, when the reformers on continental Europe, uh, in, like Luther in Germany and Calvin in Geneva and so on, when they were trying to uh, work out what would become their Protestant denominations, although they didn't mean to at the time, they were drafting theological statements, what were called confessions, declarations that differentiated themselves from the Roman Catholic Church and while that was happening on the continent in the British Isles the reformers were not doing that instead they were writing a prayer book in the language of the people so that the people could have a relationship with God in their homes and with family members and with friends that is the revolution of Anglicanism that we take the Bible into our homes and we take prayer into our homes and it doesn't just have to reside in chapels and holy places because all places are holy places and so we talk about this a lot and it's an important thing and I'll talk about it at the end about how we need to develop a plan for this. But, but I'm gonna trust that most of us, if you've been at Trinity for a while, you've heard me talk about how you should be reading your Bible every day and praying because it's what it means to be a Christian and it's one of the primary ways that we grow and feed our souls with the truth of God's word. But the practice that is less associated with Christianity and more associated with our spiritual foremothers and forefathers is what I wanna talk about today. And that is Sabbath. Sabbath is... Um, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. It is the single most distinctive practice of the ancient Jewish people. If you read the Old Testament, you will see that the thing that they rubbed up against with other, other countries, other nations, you know, like uh, armies who'd come in and conquer them, like lands they've been exiled to, the place where they had the most tension was around their Sabbath-keeping uh, practices. And you can make an argument, I think it's actually a really interesting argument, that the entire Bible is about Sabbath that it begins with sabbath at the very beginning in Genesis 1 and then the thread runs all throughout your bible begins with a poem it begins with Genesis 1 which we call the creation story but it's a creation poem and it's not meant to tell you and me that god made the world in 7 24-hour periods it's not the purpose of the poem at all the purpose of Genesis 1 is to really give two main ideas that is going to then guide the rest of the story of the bible one human beings are distinct and that we were made in the image of God. Therefore, you are never more human than when you are reflecting what God is like on the earth. And two, Sabbath rhythm is at the foundation of what it means to live on this earth. It's cooked into the very beginning of the story. And everything that goes on in the rest of the Bible comes from one of two things, people failing to live into their identity as God's image bearers, or two, people failing to follow the principles that give us something like Sabbath, namely that we are not gods, but God is which is what we'll look at today. Um, And this thread goes all the way through the Old Testament until suddenly a person shows up who is, in Paul's words, the image of the invisible God. He's the perfect image bearer, and he calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath, and he looks at people like you and me who are tired and weary, and he says, if you will come and take my yoke and wear my yoke, I will give you the rest you're looking for. I will give you the Shabbat your soul was made for, if you will come to me. For centuries, forever, People have kept a rhythm of rest in the church and before. And yet we don't do this anymore, not since the Industrial Revolution, not since the uh, invention of the electric light bulb, um, not, not to get all Wendell Berry on you, but like people used to like obey the natural uh, rhythms of the world that we lived in. They followed seasons. They followed sunrise and sunset. This was how we lived. And as soon as the 19th century came along and all of its advancements and the electric light bulb and all of its advancements, we have ever since then lived, rather than in obedience to these things, we've lived in defiance of these things. And because of that, we have done what? We have exhausted our lands. We have robbed our country, our, 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 our earth of nutrients. We have exhausted our livestock. We have exhausted our bodies. We have exhausted our souls and our spirits. We have robbed the world of natural resources and everything is now at a scarcity level. Why? Why? Because we have lived in defiance of the natural laws that God has put in place from the beginning. And then COVID has come in and you and I, many of us, have at least been pushed home. Not all of you. Many of you who are essential workers have been forced to continue to show up and bless you and thank God for you. But so many of us have found ourselves now at home where now the lines are even blurrier between what is work and what is rest and how do I stop and what is my day off and do I get days off anymore and everything's accessible. Sabbath has always been God's plan, his purpose for human flourishing. Let me say that again. It's really important. If you and I are trying to live a human life without taking one 24-hour period a week off to rest, you are living in a way that you simply were not created to do. You are living out of step with your wiring. Like, you've always been made to Sabbath rest. So let's take a minute and just look at what Sabbath is. First thing we want to look at today is, uh, what is Sabbath? What is Sabbath? Sabbath is a 24-hour period of rest and delight. The 24-hour period of rest and delight. Um, It has always been understood as that. um, There are people who get creative with that, and that's fine. But it's meant to actually go for 24 hours, a full day. The Jewish people practice it from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday. Mine is usually just Saturday. And my my Sabbath looks uh, looks more like me putting down my phone and putting down my computer and instead picking up books. Or spending time making a very big breakfast with my kids every single, uh, every single Sabbath. Pancakes and waffles and working in the garden with my family, playing games, going on walks, having friends for dinner, spending long leisurely time in conversation, doing good work, writing letters. It's a day in which I slow down and I do things that I don't normally do the rest of the week because I finally have space and bandwidth to do these things. Sabbath is incredibly important to me. It has been for more than a decade now. It's incredibly important to our team. We talk about Sabbath all the time. Every review I've ever done for a person in this room has involved a conversation around their Sabbath keeping. Every review I've had at this church has involved a conversation around this. And our meetings talk about it because one of the primary ways that I can love them and their families is to make sure that they're not working so hard that they don't get a day off. It's one of the most important ways I can love you too. Because God instilled this in the rhythms of the natural world for us to obey and listen to. Sabbath is not something that we do so that the rest of our week is more efficient. Uh, Rabbi uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel, who wrote this really beautiful book called The Sabbath, it's a tiny little thing and you should buy it, and you just read it devotionally on your Sabbath. It's really good. But he says, we do not work because, we do not Sabbath because it increases our efficiency. We are not beasts of burden, constantly trying to figure out how to become more efficient, but rather... Sabbath. Sabbath is here to remind us that we are more than our work. Sabbath is, about, um, Sabbath is about time. That's the second thing we see. Sabbath is about taking our most valuable resource, your time. Not the stuff in your wallet, not the stuff in your bank account. Your most valuable resource, I think we would all agree, is the time that you have in a day, in a week. And it's about taking that and submitting it to what God says you need submitting it to this idea that God knows what you need more than you do. That you are not a self-made man. You are not self-made women. That instead, you are God's child. And God is your father and he knows what you need and he loves you very much. And he says, this is how you're gonna live in, in step with me. This is, how you're gonna, this is how you're gonna follow what I say you need. Sabbath is about time. The third thing we see is Sabbath is about ceasing and delighting. It's about ceasing. The word Shabbat literally means to cease, to stop. Um, so there's, a, there's another place where this commandment around Sabbath shows up. It, just a couple of books later in your Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and I want to read it because it's really important to understanding the spirit of Sabbath. Deuteronomy uh, it records a sermon or several sermons that Moses preached 40 years after he receives the law in Sinai in Exodus 20, which is what we began our sermon with. So we're 40 years into the future now. He's still talking about it. It's really important. Deuteronomy 5, observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock, chickens get a day off, goats, or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well. Okay, so that's pretty familiar. We've heard that. Why? So you would remember that you were a slave in Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And therefore the Lord commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Sabbath is a gift that was given to God's people so that they would remember that they are no longer slaves. For 400 years, the nation of Israel lived in bondage to the Egyptian pharaohs, slaves and servants to the pharaohs' architectural projects to increase the renown of their empire. Which means that one of the primary things that Israelites did is they uh, they made bricks. It's one of the biggest things that they did. They were brick makers, and we read about this early on in Exodus. They they have a quota that they have to meet every day. If they don't meet their quota, they get whipped. They get beaten. They get, they, they get scourged if they don't meet their quota every single day. And God brings them out of this slavery, brings them out of this servitude, seven days a week, always having to work nonstop. And he says, I want you to take one day a week and I want you to remember that you are not the number of bricks you made this week. You are not the number of things you've accomplished today. You are a person who's been rescued from that. Your life is not about your work. It's about so much more than that. It is a day in which you and I are called to cease. And because we can cease, now we can do the second thing. We can delight. We can fill our day with things that we want to do. Sabbath is not a day in which we tighten all these restrictions around us and live legalistically. It is a day instead when we expand our options and our opportunities so that we finally get to do the things that we, we want to do the rest of the week. We go on walks. We hang out with friends. We play with our kids. We read. We watch a movie that we've been wanting to see for a long time. We do the sort of work that we want to do like with the Lord in our hearts. We take time to do the things that matter, to breathe to sleep late, to nap, to be outside. It's a day for delight. Once again, the rabbi Heschel writes uh, in his his book, The Sabbath, unless one learns how to relish the taste of Sabbath, one will be unable to enjoy the taste of eternity in the world to come. Sabbath is about ceasing and delight. Fourthly, we see in this text that Sabbath is about justice. How? How do, we, how do we see that? Well, he says in Exodus and again in Deuteronomy, this command is for you, your son and your daughter. It's like That makes sense. Your male and female slave. That's unexpected. Your livestock and the alien resident in your town. No other cultic faith in the ancient Near East had provisions in their laws and their religious laws for people who were outside of that cultic faith. No other cultic faith in its day thought about, and not just just the resident alien, not, not just immigrants, but the livestock. It's an incredible thing that God does with Sabbath. He says from the very beginning, this is for everyone. This fourth commandment is a gift to forgotten people as well. This fourth commandment is is not just for you to hoard, but for your children and your servants and even the animals, even the immigrants. God God commanded that the people who had received the gift of Sabbath, who had received the privilege of Sabbath, use that privilege to give to others. from from their elevated place as gift receivers, as emancipated slaves, use now the gifts of their emancipation, of their privilege, of their benefit for the sake of others. That the benefit that they would receive has now been extended to outsiders. In other words, the Sabbath was a codified redistribution of ethnic benefit given to people not fortunate enough to have been born into that same ethnic tribe. The justice which God requires of you and me through the Sabbath law and today— The justice that God requires of you and me is not merely a spiritual justification by faith in which we are made acceptable through the blood of Jesus in the courtrooms of heaven. Yes, for sure, that is part of the justice God requires of us, but it is also on the ground, it is civic, it is tangible and material, it is here. It is with people. And God, from the very beginning, says, the gifts that I have given you now, they're for others. Do not hoard them. Don't protect them. They're meant to be given away. Do not use your privilege to prop yourself up, all the while oppressing the people around you. They are meant to be given. No wonder when Jesus was here, he was regularly chastised for using the Sabbath as a day of healing, as a day when he would come and release and untie and unbind those who had been bound. Because he understood the Sabbath is about justice. And one of the things that it is for you and for your children, and it is for those in our midst. It is for our neighbors. It is for the immigrant. It is even for our livestock. So that's what we see Sabbath is about in here. Sabbath is about time, it's about ceasing and delighting, it's about justice. Now, just in closing, how do we do it? And I'll just say in closing, um, you're going to have to plan to do this. Like, Sabbath requires a plan. Just like the daily office requires a plan. I've talked about this before, but if you haven't been here, you may not know. But like, I, I have a reading plan that I follow. It comes from the Book of Common Prayer. It comes from the 2019 edition. I follow it every single day. I am currently right now reading in the book of Esther and 1 Samuel and 1 Corinthians, and I'm about to wrap up Acts and begin the book of John again. And I read my Bible almost every day. My kids find me at my kitchen table, usually with earbuds in, um, (laughs) reading my Bible and drinking coffee. And life is chaotic because my kids wake up like roosters. So, I mean, it's very, very hard to pull that off. But every single day, Um, I read my Bible. I have an app on my phone, which I've shared with you before, um, which keeps me accountable to pray throughout the day. And I don't do it all the time, but it reminds me in the morning, it reminds me at 1.30 p.m. and again at 5 p.m. and then before I go to bed, it reminds me to spend a few minutes and pray the Lord's Prayer and center myself in the fact that I live in my father's world and it's not up to me and I am not a God, I'm a human being. There is a God and he has my life in my hands. He has my family's life in his hands. And so I do this virtually every day. Perfectly? No. Am I going to get a merit badge when I get to heaven for it? No. But I do it because it matters. You got to have a plan. You also have to have a plan with Sabbath. The Jewish people have a very robust ritual around Sabbath preparation. It begins every Friday in the afternoon and they work all the way up to sunset so that they are ready to go, which means that sometimes you and I have to do things in weird times in order to make it possible for us to protect a day which means we have to get creative sometimes. Sometimes you find yourself working on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever your day ends up being. Sometimes you find yourself traveling all over the state of Georgia for travel sports and it doesn't feel like any kind of rest and you gotta get creative. Get creative, find other times, make it happen. Piece it together throughout the week if you have to. But it requires a plan. It lives on my calendar. It is a weekly thing. Every Saturday you'll see an all-day event on my calendar. And it's not because every single Saturday we pulled off because sometimes we don't. And sometimes we use our Sabbath to paint one of our kids' rooms. You know what I mean? Like it's just, but it's a gift to be received. It's something that you and I are given. It's for you. But it takes work to enter it. Which is why in Hebrews chapter 4, I'll just read this in closing before Micah comes up. Hebrews chapter 4, we read these words. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And this is important because so many of the things, so many of the ceremonial things from the Old Testament, from the Old Covenant, appear to be sort of in limbo in the New Testament. Do these things apply? Do we carry them over? And the writer of Hebrews wants you and me to know, like there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. It carries over. This is not something that dies with the Old Testament. It lives on. It's for you today there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. And then he says, therefore, let us make every effort to enter that rest. Make every effort. Because it's not going to come easily. It's not going to come naturally. You're going to have to work to do it. But it's a gift that God has given to you and me. And And what does Sabbath have to do with emotionally healthy spirituality? It has everything to do with it because it's a decision, a weekly reminder that I am actually putting myself in God's world and not asking him to just come and make mine into what I want it to be. It is a chance for me every single week to submit myself with my time and say, you are God and I'm your child. Lead me. And so may you begin, even clumsily, and find the space this week to do small things to take breaks and may you in the next several months work this into your life as a single, as a family, person living with roommates, as a person living with a family, that this would become part of your life because it is a gift that God has for you and me to receive. Amen.